I've been a writer for a really long time, and over the years I've had what some might consider success, and I've had what some might consider failure. For me, it's all been part of the journey, because I know that super mega success like you see with a J.K. Rowling or a Stephen King or just name anyone who's super, super wealthy because of their writing, that comes with ruby dust. And ruby dust is a rare and precious thing. So I know a lot of people have new books finished because of NaNoWriMo last month, and they're starting to dream of the future. And while I'm not telling you to, that you shouldn't dream big, I want to talk about the writer's journey and ruby dust on today's Project Shadow. How are you doing today? My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my latest book, Crucify My Love, which is currently back in revision. Bum, bum, bum. But don't worry, when the revisions are finished, I'm going to push it out so that everybody who's currently owns a copy will get the new version for free. And if you all want, I guess I could give you the original for free as well. But today, I want to talk about the writing journey, and especially what we as creative people think about when we think about our possible successes and failures, when we make our goals, because I don't know about you, but I have a series finished that I'm currently revising, and I'm starting to think about what my goals for 2020 are going to be. And over the years, I've learned a lot about setting goals as a writer, and What's good, bad, and ugly about doing that? And I would just like to talk about that on today's episode. But before we get into all that, if you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the bigger the community, the bigger the community, the better the chance we have of actually communicating with each other. And after all, that's why I do this in the first place. I want to thank everybody who's already done that. Yeah, if you can hear, my voice is almost better. I still have a little bit of breakage in there, but hey, man, that cold wiped me out for a really long time, didn't it? So my first book, Liquid Sky, came out in 2005. And so that means I've been doing this for, oh, 14, almost 15 years now. And... It has been a wild and crazy journey all the way through. And while I wouldn't say that I have mastered everything that there is to know about the craft or about marketing or any of those things, I, I've learned a lot about myself and how I need to live as a creative person in this world. Because... That, more than anything, I think is what needs to be taught. See, we teach people how to construct a sentence, and how to string those sentences into paragraphs, and to turn those paragraphs into scenes, 
and those scenes into chapters and those chapters into books. We talk about all of that. We talk about how to do marketing and whether or not it's worth it to do Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. We talk about all of these things, but very rarely do we talk about the actual experience of being a writer. Because it's a hard, lonely, sometimes depressing thing for us to do. So very, very, very rarely do we look inward to see what the journey has been for us. And I think that's a sad thing. Because if you would have told me back when Liquid Sky first came out that I would be here 14 years later and not have a movie or a television series or millions of readers who love my work and can't wait for the next book to come out. Well, I wouldn't necessarily have called you a liar because I didn't really have the hubris to do that. I thought much bigger things would happen for me over the years. I thought I would be in a much different place now in my life than I am. But I didn't take certain things into effect. I didn't think that I was going to have a major depressive episode that would take me away from writing for years and make it almost impossible for me to reach out to anybody, letting my social media languish, my podcast languish, my writing languish, letting my audience drift, drift away, for some of them to come back when I came back, but, you know, people lose interest, and while I'm not saying that I've lost those people forever... There's a good chance that they don't even know that I'm back doing things again. I never could have counted on any of those things. I couldn't have counted on the financial crash devastating the region that I live in in the way that it has. Or that I would actually be legally married in America's heartland and that would be legal in this country that I live in. I never would have imagined any of these things. And that's the first thing that I think we have to take into effect when we're thinking about our future and about our goals. We have to make room for the unexpected. We have to allow for ourselves to realize that there are things that we cannot, no matter how hard we try and no matter how much work and effort we put into it, there are things that we cannot control and that are completely outside of our abilities to touch, to change. And that's hard. That's a really hard thing for, I think, just anybody, not just writers, but for any of us to realize. And to be okay with that. I think that's the second part, and probably even the hardest. That, yes, I, my life would be in a much better place if I hadn't fallen into a multi-year depressive collapse... Yes, that, that, that would have been much, much better. That there wasn't this little black hole in the middle of my life story. But it happened. And I, there was nothing that I could have done to prevent it. And there's nothing that I can do now to go back and change it. It is a thing that happened. And I have to be okay with that. And so as you're making your plans, as you're looking towards the future, you have to be prepared for what you don't know. Well, today it seems like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube and 
All of that will be with us forever. I mean, who could ever take Facebook down? Nothing is forever. And even if something seems inevitably permanent, you never know when things could change. Policies could change and remove small creators like us from the systems. And so always, always diversify and try to spread yourself around so that your audience has direct contact with you. Because if you don't have that direct line of contact, should whatever platforms you are using decide, oh, <laughs> no, you can't use them anymore, then you completely lose touch with your audience. So bear that in mind. And so here we are, looking at our progress, looking at what we've done. We've written our book or books, and we're getting ready to put them out into the world. The next thing that you have to tell yourself is you have absolutely no control over how other people will see you or the work that you have done. Well, yeah, that seems logical. That seems rational. That seems like something that we should be able to understand. I mean, I can't even control what my cats do. Why would I be able to control another person? Well, when you start getting reviews, and if they're not as glowing as you want them to be, if they're not as good and exciting and happy as you would like them to be, then that can really hurt us inside. That can harm our emotions. That can bring us down. And so you have to be careful not to tie your self-worth into what other people think of you. And I know you probably heard that a lot in school. I know I did. They gave us self-esteem classes where we were told to not care about what other people said about us and to develop our own healthy self-image. But as with most things that we are supposed to do, it's much easier to say than to actually do it. But if you're a writer, that's also very important. But the most important thing is not to think that any course of action is inevitable. See, I had some moderate success when my first book came out, which led to deals with other companies, and those were fairly successful themselves. And so I thought that I was on the track to grow and blow up and be the writer that I want to be with the audience that I want to have. But that didn't happen. Not that I'm disappointed with where I am. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But all that I thought was going to happen, everything that I saw waiting there on the horizon, it was a mirage. And it was a mirage that other people put in front of my eyes so I wouldn't realize that I, what I really wanted was the fairies to come at me, come to me at night and sprinkle me with the ruby dust so that I could be that person. Sol Stein, in his wonderful book, Stein on Writing, tells this simple story about how writers achieve success. They lay in their beds after their work has gone out into the world, and the fairies all come in and they sprinkle ruby dust all over them. And if they're one of the fortunate ones that the fairies bless with the ruby dust, then they are amazingly successful. And if the fairies, for whatever reason, don't come, then they're not. And it's a very important analogy. I'm not saying that you have to believe in fairies or sprites or 
any intangible thing. But it is the way of the world. You see, talent can take you a certain distance. Tenacity can take you a certain distance. And all of those things can take you pretty far. For goodness sakes, just not giving up is one of the greatest superpowers you can develop for yourself. Learning to get up every time you're knocked down. But when we look at those who have had meteoric success, and I don't even want to go through their names because we all know them, whether we like their work or not, we know them from the Cassandra Clares to the Stephanie Myers to the J.K. Rowlings. We all know their names because they are the precious few that for whatever reason got the ruby dust sprinkled on them in the middle of the night while they slept. Now, we can talk about how much of that was actually the fairies and how much of that was the connections that they had with the industry. But even those connections aren't a guarantee. Because if it doesn't connect with a certain imagination, a certain part of the population, then it won't matter. You see, no matter what you think about Stephanie Myers and how her books blew up, that level of success would have been impossible if she didn't strike a chord with thousands, if not millions, of readers around the world. And no one can predict what that chord is. And even if we could, we couldn't predict what would actually strike it. That's the problem with chasing trends. Well, yeah, it can be lucrative for your business if you just want to make money to chase the trends and do what is trendy and try to stay writing to the market. Oh, but the market is a nerious beast. It changes shape and form at will. And by the time you get your teen dystopian book done, then, well, people have moved on to other things. Well, you're working on your YA book because, well, that's the big thing. New adult comes out and that's the new big thing and everybody's looking for new adults. Is this a new adult book? Well, no, because you were writing for that young adult audience that was oh so big and so lucrative. I'm not saying that it's not anymore, but it's not the hot new thing. Writing to the market is a tricky, tricky beast. And maybe you have it in you to do. Maybe you have it in you to follow the trends, figure out what they are, and make sure that you're writing right within that vein. But know that that trend, like all trends, will eventually fall, and it will go away. And no one writing that trend will have the success of whoever set the trend in the first place. There was one Hunger Games and a lot of young adult dystopian novels that came out after it, but there was really only one Hunger Games. It was the biggest success of the lot, and every other one had some diminishing returns. And those diminishing returns could be good money, and I'm not saying that it's not worth doing if that's something that you feel that you want to do. Remember, this is not a place for judgment. I'm just talking from experience here. You could try to prognosticate and figure out what you think the future trend will be. And maybe you're right. Maybe you'll be lucky, and maybe you'll nail it. Maybe you'll even be the one that gets picked first. Because, as we all know, it's the one that gets picked first that gets the lion's share of the success. 
But there's no guarantee that you'll be the one that gets picked first. There's no way to guarantee all of that. And that's why we talk about the ruby dust. That weird X factor, that strange exotic element that comes in and gives people success beyond anything that they could have normally counted on. You don't know what it's going to be and you don't know how to make it happen. None of us do. If we did, then it would change because everybody would be doing it and it would no longer have its magical power. So as you're coming up with your goals for the year to come and as you're thinking about that book that you finished last month or are still working on, don't set your goals too high, but set them as high as you can reach. Look, I look at every book that I do and I say, I want this to be a New York Times bestseller because wouldn't that be something? For goodness sakes, I'll be happy with a USA Today bestseller. Not that that's necessarily worse, it's just I grew up in a generation where you wanted that New York Times bestseller label on you. And if I get it, I get it. And if I don't, I don't. Because I don't set some stock. I don't set my personal value on whether or not I can hit that goal. Because I know that that's an imaginary goal. And that's what I'm saying. You need to have your real goals of, I'm going to try to sell this many books. I'm going to try to get my audience to this particular size. I'm going to try to do this, that, and the other. Reachable, manageable goals that you can hit and then set a goal a little bit further down and keep building. But keep those other dreams that one day I'm going to have my Netflix show. One day, somebody's going to turn one of my books into a movie or a TV series. Because I really do want that to happen. I don't know why. I just, I really want that to happen. Now, there are steps that I can take towards that end. There are things that I can do to try to make that happen. But there's nothing, nothing that I can do to ensure that that would happen. Ah, but I hear you. you I could, yes, I could raise the money and make it myself. But then I'd have to raise the money, and there's nothing saying that I would be able to raise the money. You see, and then it wouldn't be what I'm actually wanting. See, I don't want to make my own show. I want to have it made. Now, granted, if somebody came to me and said, would you like to be the showrunner for something? I don't know that I have the skills for that, but I would love to write for some of these things. But again... That's a dream. That's a fantasy. And it's worth having and it's worth maintaining. But don't think that that's a goal that you can set. In 2020, I am going to this great and wonderful thing. Because, yes, it's possible that you can get there. But you need to set goals that are manageable. If you've never sold a book in your life, your goal needs to be to sell one book. And then once you've sold one book, maybe set it to five, then to ten, then to a 25, 50, 100, maybe a thousand. Whatever it is that you want, set your goals in increments that you can meet and exceed. That way, no matter what happens, no matter where your life takes you or your career goes from there, you'll find the path laid out. Because as long as we handle the things that we can handle, as long as we manage the things that we can manage, while allowing ourselves to still have the dream that the ruby dust could come 
and rain down on us while we sleep one night. That's fine. But don't get distracted by the dream of the ruby dust. You can set out your milk on your doorstep and you can ask for the fairies every night to come and visit you. But that does not guarantee that they will shine benevolently. There's nothing that we can do to ensure that they will bring us the things that we want. But as long as we are honest with ourselves and with our goals and work towards those goals with integrity and discipline, we can ensure that this is a journey that we will enjoy all the way. Because in the creative life, as with life itself, it's all journey with no destination. There may be way stops and way stations along the way, but the journey keeps moving on. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, and you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate it in whatever app you're listening to me on. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, in the show notes you'll find a link to the voice message system. If you click that, keep it short, keep it clean so I can use it on the show, I would love to hear from you. If you'd rather hit me up on social media, I am C.E. Dorset on Twitter and Facebook. Well, actually, I think on Facebook as well. On Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to find links to everything that I do, just head over to projectshadow.com. Uh, I will get that pitch right one of these times. If you have a dollar that you can pass my way, it really would help out a lot. In the show notes, you'll find also find a link for both my Patreon and the community support. Whatever you can give, it really would help me out to achieve my goals of you know, making sure I have a laptop and a roof over my head and paid bills and, you know, all of those things that we all dream about. And I want to thank everybody who's already doing that. If you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, that's perfectly all right. But if you know somebody who would enjoy the work that I do, please share it with them. That helps out immensely as well. Yeah, I think that's about it. I'm doing some plans for my Fiction Friday episode, so I'm going to be talking about what I'm doing, and if you have any ideas, I'm thinking about doing a quick short story that I can give away to everybody for Christmas, so if you have any ideas of like a setting that you would like for that to be in, let me know. I would love to hear it. Until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.